Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this, the first Sunday in the new year. We, uh, we're glad that you could join us for the sharing of God's Word. This is where we study, learn, and abide in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. And if there's one thing I know for sure, there is our way, and then there's God's way. Father in heaven, we, we thank you for bringing us into this new year, this new season, this, this new opportunity. We thank you for sparing our lives. We thank you for all that you have done in providing for us. We know that there have been some challenging times and some difficulties we have faced, yet you have brought us through those. And for that, we are thankful. We've suffered some losses and you've brought us comfort. We have endured challenges and you've given us strength. We have faced adversity and you have protected and, and shielded us, given us hope in a future just as your word said and promised. And for that, we are grateful. We are thankful for this new season. We are thankful for this new day. We are thankful for another opportunity to serve you, to abide with you, to develop and evolve our relationship with you. And we ask him that you continue to show us grace and mercy. Give us joy, provisions, comfort, and protect us. Guide our minds and our hearts. And God, I ask that you continue to use me to be a servant of yours, to share your word with your people in the way that you would have it to be, to help them, to encourage them, to lift them up, that they may also seek to serve you. This we ask and pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome to this new year when we often say Happy New Year. And I, I want to first, you know, point out when it, it's time for the new year, we often shift our mindsets. It's a new beginning. It's a new opportunity. It's a way to do a reset of sorts. And we often go into the new year with great ideas and intentions, letting go of certain things and, and moving forward. And then along comes reality, um, whether it be a day, month, a few months, um, sometimes, sometimes even shorter than that, and we kind of go, ah, I don't know. But life is not lived a year at a time. Life is lived a moment at a time. We get 86,400 seconds in every, each and every day, and each and groupings of those are called moments. So I want to encourage you to think of it in terms of happy new moment, right? Because if you run up against an adversity or a challenge or something, and it throws you off, and then you, oh, just forget about it. I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to, to celebrate. Is it, there's, there's an opportunity for us to experience this happy new year mindset each and every day, each and every day, right? We can look at happy new moment. Oh, there's another one, happy new moment. Oh, 
There's another one, happy new moment. So if you find yourself dealing with adversity or challenges or, or being distraught or, 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 or some way feeling down, you can refresh, restart, just as we are at the beginning of this year with a happy new moment. It's a new moment. That one is gone. The one that was challenging is you go, now you're here and you can restart and reset. You can do this each day. You can do this throughout the day. So if you find yourself defeated, if you find yourself feeling disappointed with yourself, restart, renew, refresh, happy new moment. God does that for us in our lives. Have that mindset to be able to live your life in a way that, is, that allows you to live it up to its fullest without being discouraged. Happy new moment. So I, uh, I have an important service announcement. It, uh, it's harvest time and there's a, there's a severe shortage. Workers are needed immediately and all applications. Uh, we're accepting uh, applications for, 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 for all applicants. Um, I'm, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 9. And in this chapter, uh, preceding the, the verses I'm going to speak to, it, it, it gives incredible examples of uh, the power and compassion of, of Jesus, that it should convince us that he is able uh, to save all that come to God through him. He, he is willing and able to help us, and his, his power and, and compassion appear in, in the bodies of people by curing palsy and raising a king's daughter from the dead and healing the issue of blood, um, giving sight to two blind men, casting out uh, the devil of, of one who is, is possessed, and, and healing all manners of sickness. This occurs in, in this chapter. To the souls, he, he is shown he is forgiving of sins and even speaks freely with sinners and, and continues to, to preach the gospel, uh, the message of hope. He, in his compassion um, in a, in to a multitude of people and, and even providing preachers to them, people to, to encourage. So he's, he proved himself to be skillful, faithful, a skillful, faithful physician, both to the, to the soul and to the body. Um, who can cure all illnesses in both the soul and the body. So having proven that, we should therefore apply ourselves um, to him, glorifying him with our bodies and our spirits, which belong to him in return for his kindness to both. So that, that's the groundwork of, of Matthew in chapter 9. And I'm going to read just a few verses. 35 through 38 from the New International Reader's Version. And the subject of these three is there are only a few workers. So in, in chapter 35, it says, Jesus, uh, verse 35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. He taught in their synagogues. He preached the good news of the kingdom. And he healed every illness and sickness. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he felt deep concern for them. They were beaten down and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37 says, then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is huge, but there are only a few workers. 
And then finally, verse 38. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into his harvest field. So the title topic for today's message is get a job. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Harvesting is usually a time of celebration and jubilation. You've got the, the fields, they've been planted, they've been worked and toiled, and, and, and now they've, they've gotten to a point where they're ripe and they're, and they're, and they're, they're fresh and, and able for, for, to harvest, to bring in. It, it, it requires that it be done in due season. There, there is a, there's a time where crops need to be brought in. Uh, crops without enough workers uh, to harvest are left to, to shed, to spoil, to, to die, and fall on the ground and, and rot. Left there. Uh, and this is especially tragic when there's rampant hunger, starvation, and, and mouths that are desiring to be fed on these crops that have been harvested or to be harvested. So in the body of Christ, there is a huge worker shortage. The, uh, per, the, the to, to preach or the, or the preacher, the, the, those that to be a preacher is, is to sow, is to proclaim, to declare, to exhort, which is to persuade, appeal, to follow a course of action, to encourage, to, to nudge, to press, prod, prompt, and, and urge. And, and so in his preaching and in, in, in his um, uh, working, Christ was sending out other preachers, ministers, people that he had appointed uh, to reach the multitude, the masses, to, to feed them and nourish them and harvest their souls for Christ, if you will. Um, I'm going to come back to that later on, but the first point I want to make is this. You, your gifts, talents, and abilities are needed. There, there, there is an abundance of souls, people in desperate need of help, spiritual help, in this fallen world that we are in. There is so much despair, so much uh, feeling, so much, so many feelings of defeat and downtrodden. Um, uh, people have become cynical. They've become suspect. They, 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 they see right through the facade of what they're trying to be sold or told. Or, or what has been, what is being puked out at them, that is absolutely, completely, utterly false and uh, reeking with ulterior motives to take advantage of them, or taking them for a fool. I, I for one, can't stand when someone speaks to me like I'm illiterate or a fool, like I don't have any sense, like I can't see right through uh, their, their, their smokescreen, their, their facade, or they're pulling the wool, trying to attempt to pull the wool over a person's eyes, as, as they say. So there, there are people that are seeking help, spiritual help, whether or not they know it. They know this isn't working, and I don't like this, and this sucks. There's got to be a better way. There is. There's got to be something. There's got to be more to life than just this. There is. There's got to be a different way. There is, and that's what they're seeking. Having been fed inadequately, um, some even poisonous what they have been fed. It, it has harmed them. 
They are starving for nourishment that is life-giving, sustaining, and fulfilling. They are lost in a lost world, searching for truths. They have been or are being misled by the things of this world or the ways of this world, sometimes by people who are leading them, showing up, knowing full well that they are in this position, taking advantage of them, misleading them. Um, some are spiritually destitute, regardless of their financial and material means. They may be well off. They may have the great job and house and cars and everything that one could imagine that this world defines as successful. It's not. Yet still feeling empty inside and incomplete. And uh, this is, I'm just existing. I have stuff, but I'm not content. I, I don't like myself. I, I, and to, to an extreme, I felt like I sold my soul to get this, and it doesn't feel good. Um, this cycle has been repeated for generations, sadly, over and over and over again. Generations have thought, well, this is the way that we're supposed to do it, and this is how we do it, and, and it just continues because there's either an expectation that this is what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to live, or it's just ingrained. It's the example. Some are, are stuck in an endless loop or cycle, and many are tired, weary, weak, and seeking relief, weak from, from exertion. They're just depleted. So the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians um, Chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. 27 says, you are the body of Christ. Each of you is a part of it. In verse 28, it says, first, God has appointed apostles in the church. Second, he has appointed prophets. Third, he has appointed teachers. Then he has appointed people who do miracles and those who have gifts of healing. He has also appointed those who are able to help others, those able to direct things. So you need not be a preacher, apostle, prophet, minister, to be a part of the body of Christ. You simply need to have the gifts that God has given you, that has put in you, with the belief and the understanding to help in the harvest. As my mom always says to me, many hands make for light work. And in this harvesting, one person and a few can't do it all. The more, the merrier in this case. So to be a party, a part of the, of, the, of, the, of the body, be a part of the body of Christ, one only need to acknowledge and accept Christ into their lives in order to be saved. Your, your background does not matter. Your education does not matter. Where you live does not matter. Who you know or new does not matter. What you do or do not drive does not matter. What you wear or the condition of your clothing does not matter. Your height, weight, color, gender, race, marital status, ethnicity, language does not matter. Your lack of prior experience does not matter. What does matter is what and who is in your heart. What does matter 
is what and who is in your heart. So being a part of the body of Christ, perhaps being a part of a company, a business, an organization, better put, each organization has a culture. Know the culture of, of what it is to be a part of the body of Christ and act accordingly. The employee handbook is 66 books long with ample direction and explanations. And you will have access to the HR guide 24-7-365. Their name is the Holy Spirit. The second point I want to make is you will be opposed. Serve anyway. In, in Jesus's uh, preaching, he, he teaches us that all souls are precious to him. So irrespective to if they were the meanest in the world, or if they were the, the most righteous or upstanding, they are equally, equally precious to him. For that reason, they should also matter to each of us. That does not mean that we will be uh, all, it doesn't mean that all will be open and, and willing to hear what you have to say. Always exercise uh, judgment and discernment. It's important to do that as it points out in, in Matthew verse seven, chapter seven or six in the uh, NIRV. Do not give to dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before swine. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So, so to dissect that into its meaning, people who willfully and intentionally reject God, God's word on, on, on purpose, are, are not likely to be convinced. They intentionally, willfully, on purpose, reject God in his word probably not going to bring them around. That's, that's the throwing the pearls to, to swine. Keep your focus on those who have an open mind and an open heart, or an open mind, or an open heart. If you get to one, you can get to the other. Uh, uh, and are willing or being willing to open their mind and hearts. Those, those are the folks you want to focus on in your labor and your harvesting. Some are dead set against God and his word and are likely to devour you should you persist in, in trying to, to sway them. There are people who are anti-Christianity, anti-Christ, anti-God, who know the Bible better than many Christians. And they will use that against you. So those aren't the people that you're going out into the field the harvest, those are, those are people who have made up their mind and they've chosen to do what they're going to do. There's plenty of good crops, plenty, over and overwhelming, as the verse said. There, there's a great harvest out there and not enough workers. God didn't ask us to drown horses. You know, the lead horse to water, can't force them to drink. Holding the horse's head underwater is not going to achieve anything except a really ticked off horse. <laughs> and putting yourselves in, in, in danger. So we don't go there. Uh, re remember the one plants, one waters 
right? But God gives the increase. So in our in our their planting and watering and sowing and cultivating, it is it is God that it causes what needs to occur, not us. We're the laborers. We're the we're the working. So know where and when your assignment begins and ends. Begins and ends. We're not called to everybody, and we're not called to everybody for life. There may be a season. Again, it talked about how we harvest and harvesting with in due season. There may be a, a, a small period of time where we are called to be in someone else's life, to be the example, to help lead them to Christ. When that season's over, we move on. We move to the, to the next harvest. Above all, it is God's call, appointment, and direction. It is about God and for God, his glory, not us. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, still reading from the New International Readers Version, New International Readers Version, verse 2 goes, The people who are now living in darkness will see a great light. They are now living in a very dark land, but a light will shine on them. So you, you've probably yourself experienced times of darkness, either mentally, uh, in your spirit, or with your emotions, and perhaps even physically, walking down a dark alley or dark street or in a dark hallway in a building, and perhaps even in your own home or someone's home. It, it can be a place of torment, despair, and, and even paralyzing fear, that place where we find ourselves frantically seeking a way out. In, in pitch black, darkness, even a sliver of light can, can mean hope, can be seen as hope. So success is to help convert sinners, to win souls for Christ. That's the harvesting. And there are many souls out there searching, ready for harvest, to be won over for Christ to find a new life in a new way. So you're probably maybe saying to yourself, who am I? I, I are you, you're asking me to do, that's an important work. That's only designed for a set few. I don't have uh, the qualifications to be able to do that. I'm gonna disagree with you there. My third point is this, know that you are equipped. There's no need to fear your own weakness uh, the bad in other people or even opposition. Those are generally things that prevent us from being workers to help win souls for Christ. God will give you the wisdom to help win those souls. It, it, it's laid out very clearly in his word. So you simply need to be willing, courageous, ready, and able. God does the assignment and he does the equipping. He does not make mistakes. So if he assigns you, he's going to provide you with what you need. Your job is to stay closely connected to him, develop that relationship. He will give you all of the guidance that you need. Case in point, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, verse 11, he is the one who gave some of the gifts to be apostles. He gave some the gift to be prophets. He gave some the gift of preaching the good news. And he gave some the gift to be pastors and teachers. Verse 12, he did it 
so that, so that they might prepare God's people to serve. If they do, the body of Christ will be built up. What I do every Sunday, what I do in every message is just that. Giving, taking the, the gifts that God is giving me, the tools and the wisdom that he is providing, and providing that back in the, in the preaching and the teaching to help lift up, encourage, inspire, and equip, coming from God, his people, workers, to help harvest souls for Christ, win souls. God created us. He is the one who put our gifts inside of us. He is the one who activates them upon request. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force that upon request. That's being willing and courageous. He directs our path for his good and purpose. Know that because, because he loves us for his good and purpose, for his glory, means that it will be in our best interest. He loves us. What he does, what he imparts, what he directs, what he establishes, what he predestines, what he determines, he loves us. So it's going to be in our best interest. In other words, it, it, it will greatly benefit us sometimes in this short life here on earth, but most assuredly in eternity. So we may find fulfillment we may find a sense of, of well-being, of, yes, this is making an impact, a difference. This is helping. This is a, a life of value. This, this, is, this is an answer to, to that void of feeling empty here on earth. And then there's the eternal, eternal, forever abiding, living in his presence, that, that, that indescribable two opportunities and yes, it's possible to receive both of those benefits. We can do nothing without him, nothing good. It is, good, it is the God, the Christ that is in us that gives us that nature, that ability to do well and do good. Further evidence of how God sustains and supports us in our laboring for him, helping harvest souls, win souls for Christ. How do we do that? John 15, verse 4 in the NIV, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So I've spoken on that in past messages where our gifts, in order to, in order to be fruitful, uh, uh, he is the vine, we are the branches, and the branches produce the grapes and the fruit. You have to be connected to the vine to receive the nourishment, to receive the nutrients, to receive what is necessary in order to produce fruit. So through his word, God gives us wisdom and discernment. That's part of being connected. That's part of abiding. When things appear discouraging, it says, pray more and complain and fear less. Why? To, so you can help those who are lost and astray find the right path. To help arm those who faced temptation to be able to resist it. To encourage those during times of affliction to endure, remain strong, and not falter. 
to help feed and nourish his people with the word of truth, to help rescue those who are scattered like sheep without a shepherd, exposed and helpless and vulnerable, so lost they're unable to find their way home. There is a need for authentic and true workers, as there are many who are pretending to be shepherds, misleading God's flock. His people would be better off without those. Yes, I said that. His people would be better off without people pretending to be shepherds who were misleading his flock. So in the absence of a shepherd, or, the, or with one that is worse than not having one, people tend to seek things and their understanding from the world. We know where that road leads. So what's my point? How do, how do, you, how do I serve, you may be asking. What, what job are you talking about when you said get a job? Let me be very clear. Be kind. Be forgiving. Love others as you do yourself. Learn to love yourself if that's an issue, starting with accepting that God finds you lovable and loves you. Emulate humility, peacefulness, grace, mercy, and joy. Be generous with your giving. Be gentle and maintain self-control. Be faithful. Be and promote love. So what I'm speaking of there is these are emulating the tenets, principles, values, commands of Christ, of God. That's in accepting Christ in our hearts, this is what he asks us to do. And by your emulating that, your, your worker, you are helping lead souls to Christ. These, these are not easy tasks in the world we live in today. Many of them are, are, are seen as, as weaknesses. Being that they're not easy, easy, others are going to wonder how you're able to do that, to achieve that. That will point them to God as your help, giving him the glory. You, it will appear like you have something that they don't, which you do, that they'll want a part of, which they will. That's pointing them. Your actions can speak God's word loudly. As they say, actions speak louder than words. Your actions can speak God's word loudly. Remember earlier when I said, you know, the, the preacher, the pre to preach is to sow, proclaim, declare, exhort, persuade, appeal, to follow a certain course of action, to encourage, nudge, press, prod, prompt, urge. Your behaviors, your actions, you're doing those things that I just listed off. Put you in a position, in a role as a worker that can help influence, encourage, nudge, prod, press, prompt, declare to lead others to Christ. There's strength in numbers. God is hiring. There are no minimum qualifications. All are invited to apply. Your past does not disqualify you. 
All applications will be accepted and hired. All training is provided at no cost. He will never assign more work to you than you can handle. The benefits are priceless and eternal. They never expire. And it'll be the most fulfilling and rewarding job you will ever have in this life, bar none. All you need to do is ask and accept. Father God, we, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love, your abiding spirit that comforts us and provides for us in times of need, that, that gives us hope, that, that gives us a purpose. We are so unworthy of all that you have blessed us with, of all of the protections. We are so thankful that you know our hearts, that we want to do right, that we desire to do well and live according to your will and purpose, to act in ways that are pleasing to your sight. We miss the mark many times. And it's not always necessarily by choice. Sometimes it is. But you forgive us regardless. You still love us regardless. Unlike human beings who can forever hold a grudge, you do not begrudge us. For that we are thankful. For that we are grateful. And for that we, we love you back. We seek to develop and evolve that relationship with you that will allow and enable us to live the life that you have determined for us, to live a life of purpose, on purpose. And Father God, for those who don't know you, who have yet to commit, establish, reach out, and, and, and start that relationship with you, I pray and ask that they pray this prayer with me. It's called the sinner's prayer. And it goes like this. God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son, Jesus, gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ into your life. Today is a new beginning for you. It's a new year. It's a new opportunity. It's a new moment in this present moment. You have a fresh start, a clean slate. Yesterday ended last night. I encourage you to read and study and immerse yourself in God's Word so that you will be well equipped to help win souls for Christ, to live a life that is fulfilling, and to work through and overcome the many challenges you will face while here on earth. If you feel so inclined, I would ask that you please share this message with others so that it will encourage them in their daily walk. And I also ask that you consider supporting this ministry through a financial gift. Give as you feel led by God. Give joyfully 
knowing that your gift will be returned to you many fold, either in this life or the next or both. Your gifts help accomplish his works. Thank you for joining. We appreciate your support. And I hope that you join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's word and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.